The reading is taken from the ninth chapter of Mark's Gospel, starting at verse 2. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked round, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, Why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May I speak and may you hear in the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's a great pleasure to be back here at Christchurch Basin Hill, so thank you for the invitation, Tim, uh, to be here, especially with the nine o'clock congregation. Now, when were you last um, transfixed to the spot, frozen? Late one night, a burglar broke into a house that he thought was empty and he tiptoed through the sitting room, but suddenly froze in his tracks when he heard a loud voice saying, Jesus is watching you. Silence returned to the house, so the burglar crept forward again. Jesus is watching you, the voice boomed again. The burglar stopped dead again. He was frightened. Frantically, he looked all around, and in a dark corner, he spotted a birdcage, and in the cage was a parrot. And he asked the parrot, was that you who said Jesus is watching me? Yes, said the parrot. The burglar breathed a great sigh of relief, and then he asked the parrot, what's your name? Clarence, said the bird. That's a dumb name for a parrot, said, said the burglar. What idiot named you Clarence? And the parrot said, the same idiot who named the rottweiler Jesus.
I wonder when you were last transfixed in a good way, when God made you stop in your tracks. You know, occasionally we do get special moments, don't we, that remind us that there is a creator behind the creation, that reminds us of God's call on our lives, that he's real and amazing. And maybe you've had it, maybe it was a beautiful view. Maybe it was a certain verse of a certain hymn that reminded you of childhood or something like that, of a time when things were very blessed. Maybe it was a moment of crisis when God helped you pull through. There were two moments for me that I just want to talk about today that um, were like this, sort of a moment of transfiguration. I was um, helping to crew a yacht um, from Portsmouth to Menorca. I was just a deckhand. I was some, like, galley slave, really, doing some of the cooking and then deckhand. There were about four of us on board. And the idea was that the owner of this yacht wanted to take the yacht down, cross the Channel, cross Biscay, down Portugal, if you're with me, and then up into the... Mediterranean, where he was going to then have a holiday with his family. So his wife and daughters were coming out then. So he got the blokes to crew the yacht through the difficult bit, cross the, the channel where all the you know, oil tankers are going like this, Biscay, which was blooming rough, four, seven gales, down Portugal, and then through. We used to take turns in taking the watch at night, so you'd be on for four hours um, through the night on your own and then have this thing called the dog watch. I think it's from 4 o'clock till 6 in the morning, just a, a, a two-hour two watch, because it's the hardest time when people fall asleep. And I was doing the dog watch as the boat was going from the Atlantic into the Mediterranean. And I was 21 years old, and someone had been saying to me, what about going to full-time ministry? Um, I was at university and I just wasn't sure really and I remember having this discussion with God as I was piloting this boat um, at the helm you know and did God really want me to do this was I doing it for the right reasons because my dad was a vicar so I wasn't actually that sure whether the motives were right and was God real anyway because I wasn't that sure about that you might think that's odd for someone, you know, all these things were churning round. As I was taking this boat, it was really, the light was just coming, and it was, it was very grey. And there's hardly see a difference between the sky and the sea. This 30-odd foot yacht. And in the midst of this sort of discussion with God, out of the water came a killer whale, just in front of the yacht. It was enormous. Or at least it thought, and it just came up and up and up and up over the bow. It didn't jump over the bow, but in front of the bow, in my sight, it was right in front. And then it went down the other side. It just came up and stooped down. I was absolutely gobsmacked. And it, it went away. No one else was there because they were all asleep. Now, I know that was a coincidence, but I also know it was God. It felt like God speaking to me. I am great. I am almighty. I'm the creator of everything. 
there was a special moment and I was rooted to the spot deep calls to deep and the second moment was when I was a vicar in South Cheshire and I'd been exhausted actually I'd been rushing round trying to change every, get everything going um, to be honest I was trying to do things in my own strength and I was a bit jaded and I went to a younger evangelists conference I was younger then and um, at St John's Nottingham I remember four day conference brilliant and the final Eucharist they were having a, the gospel reading and it was the passage John 21 remember the resurrection appearances and it's the miracle the disciples go fishing and they, they don't catch anything and then this stranger appears on the shore and says put your net on the right side of the boat and they catch all these fish and then Jesus has that important conversation with Peter and sort of restores him because Peter's let him down badly. Well, as that gospel was being read, and I was facing the front, a person behind me put their hand on my shoulder. And I turned round, you know, just to say, and there was no one there. The, the two rows behind were empty. But I felt this physical hand on my shoulder as that gospel was being read. I don't know if you've had it, but it was as though God was reaffirming me, saying, I can put you back together again, Mark. It's not an impossible task, but you must rely on me. I want you to follow me, and I can use you in my mission if you'll only let me. So those two things for me were important moments of transfiguration, encouragement, are keeping on. Well, all the gospel writers for this transfiguration story that we had this morning, they follow the story of the transfiguration with the story of a boy who's desperately ill. You look it up afterwards. They're so sick that the disciples hadn't been able to cure him. And the gospel writers seem to be saying that these two events go together. The shining mountaintop experience and the shrieking stubborn demon down in the valley. And for many, dramatic visions and spiritual experiences are balanced by huge demands. The more open we are to God and to the different dimensions of God's glory, the more we seem open to the pain of the world. So I think we should perhaps be wary when we return from some great worship experience um, or experience when we rise from a time of prayer in which we feel particularly blessed and God has been particularly close and his love has been real and powerful. In my experience, these things are never for their own sake. They're given so that as we are equipped and affirmed by them, God can use us within his needy world. If you like, God's affirmation seems to prevent. That means go before. Not the way we use it, but prevent from the Latin. It, it goes before his challenge and his mission. And you remember at his baptism, Jesus heard the voice from heaven. You are my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And then... He was sent out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
to be tested. And so here too on Mount Hermon, on Tabor, Jesus is bathed in divine glory. And he receives the company of the great prophets Moses and Elijah. And again there's this affirming voice from above. And also heard by the disciples who are with him. This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And then it's down from the mountain on the road to Jerusalem where the Son of Man will suffer many things, be killed and be raised on the third day. The transfiguration on the mountaintop foreshadows all the crucifixion that will happen on the hillside. I'd just like you to close your eyes just for a few moments. I give you these pictures. Close your eyes and see here on a mountain is Jesus and he's revealed in dazzling glory, bright white. But there on a hillside outside Jerusalem is Jesus revealed in bloody shame. Here his clothes are shining white. There they've been stripped off and soldiers throw dice for them. Here Jesus is flanked by Moses and Elijah, the great heroes of Israel. There he hangs between two thieves. Here a bright cloud overshadows the mountaintop. But there at Golgotha, darkness creeps upon the land. Here Peter blurts out, Master, it's wonderful to be here. But there Peter's hiding in the shadows, in shame, remembering how he denied Jesus to the servant girl the night before. I do not know the man. Here on the mountain a voice from God himself declares, This is my dear son. I'm delighted with him. There on the hillside, a Roman soldier, a pagan, declares in surprise, Truly, this really was the Son of God. Open your eyes. Remember that Jesus himself went through the mountaintop experience, knowing that it was preparing him to follow where the law and prophets had pointed, down into the valley, to the places of despair and death, the places where demons shriek and sufferers weep, the place where the Son of Man will accomplish his mission. On this Mount of Transfiguration, the disciples... They were overcome. They didn't know what to say. And they said things they didn't mean. Peter, you know, wanted to build shelters. Wouldn't it be great if we could, you know, freeze this moment, Lord? Stay here on the mountaintop with Moses and Elijah and you and us here forever. Wouldn't it be great? But of course, life isn't like that. Meeting here on Sunday, this place... This community at Christchurch, this can be our mountaintop too.
can be the Mount Transfiguration, where we come, perhaps bewildered and maybe even weeping, to listen for God's word to us. I hope so. And it's good to be here together for a while. Warm fellowship, encouragement, gazing again at God's majesty and his awe. But you cannot cling to Sunday. Sunday is not the only day of the week. We know that. Every day cannot be a day of fellowship together. We have to find our own resources for when we go back to the valley, down from the mountain. Because that's where our discipleship is. Following our suffering servant to share our faith with friends and family and colleagues. And we need to look for God's resources in the valley and in the plain. We are blessed by God to be a blessing to others. He loves to use us however inadequate we feel and however tired we may feel. And we may sometimes think, what have I got to offer? But God loves to take what we offer freely and make a miracle of it. And I pray that you may do that today. God needs to use your love and your witness to help a needy world find him. What is God's word for you today? This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Amen.